You're listening to Divine Conversations, Episode 5. Welcome to Divine Conversations. I'm your host, Layla, and this podcast is intended to inspire, empower, and provide practical tools to heal, raise your awareness, and elevate your consciousness so that you can embody your higher self and live your ideal life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Divine Conversations. I'm so excited and so, so jazzed for you to listen to this episode. As I was listening to it and editing it and, um, you know, taking some points for to introduce this episode to you. And so you know what to look forward to in the episode. I was having a hard time finding, you know, kind of paring it down to a few things to say in the intro because gosh he was dropping so much wisdom basically every sentence that I can't even begin to summarize it you just have to listen you know grab a notebook be ready to take some notes because this episode has so so many takeaways that you don't want to miss so Uh, Before I get into that, I want to introduce you to my wonderful guest. So his name is Cute Blackson, and he is probably one of the most passionate and intense and fire-in-the-belly type of people that I've ever came across. I originally came across uh, his interview on Gaia. And if you don't know what Gaia is, it's basically the Netflix of uh, higher consciousness, spirituality type of content, personal growth, development, yoga, and all that. This is not sponsored by any means, but I do highly recommend Gaia um, to you if you are someone that wants to grow and learn. There's so, so much content there. So in any case, I found him through there um, on the program called Inspirations with Lisa Gar, and I was just struck by how passionate and intense he is about his mission and his vision, and it just really resonated with me because that's how passionate I feel about my mission and purpose, but at the time when I was listening to it, I was undergoing such transformation that I was not in a place where I could sit and confidently speak about my mission so it was almost like you know something that I aspire to be and yeah it just was amazing and I so I back then I knew that I was going to be starting this podcast I made a note that I want to one day have him on the show on the podcast and today I get to introduce you to this um, wonderful human being soul and again so I'll I'll share a little bit about his bio and then give you an overview of what is to come in the episode and then get ready to take notes. <laughs> so Cube Blackson is the author of the national best-selling book, You Are the One, and is widely considered the next generation leader in the field of personal development by everyone, ranging from Larry King, Jack Canfield, Marianne Williamson, and more. He's been featured on Larry King Now, Fox & Friends, Drew Barrymore, as well as Inc. Magazine calls him the mindfulness guru billionaire's go-to for advice. He recently received a Walden Award in the New Thought Wisdom category that Unity honors once a year to recognize socially conscious leaders who are making the world a better place 
And past winners in the same category have been Oprah Winfrey herself and Michael Bernard Beckwith, both of whom are my, at some point in my journey, were, uh, you know, the catalyst for my growth and um, inspiration and empowerment. So it's incredible. And a charismatic visionary and transformational teacher, Cute Blackson, offers a fresh, bold look at spiritual awareness for a whole new generation. Born in Ghana, West Africa, Cute's multicultural upbringing as the child of a Japanese mother and a Ghanaian father has spanned four different continents. His unique lineage lay the foundation for his approach to breaking down barriers and unlocking an individual's true gifts and greatness. For over 20 years, Cute Blackson has been inspiring audiences around the world, from the first time he spoke in front of 3,000 people at age eight, oh my gosh, that is just amazing, to speaking in over 300 venues by age 18, he, uh, to helping organizations develop authentic leadership and achieve extraordinary performance over the last decade. His electrifying presentations not only offer real-world practical ideas and soul-stirring wisdom, but also ignite the heart and inspire courageous action. His mission is simple, to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their true life's purpose. I could not be more aligned with his mission and purpose, and therefore, um, it's just a true honor and privilege for me to to have had a chance to sit down and chat with him and to be in his energy and presence and just his absolutely contagious uh, passion and energy. So I'm just beyond excited, like I said, to share this episode with you. So what uh, what can you look forward to in this episode? So we talk about uh, so many things. And, you know, one of the themes that is really powerful is, um, you know, at the beginning of his journey, he had to really forge his own path uh, despite the expectations placed by you know, family and the community and the uh, role of cultivating courage in, ha- in aligning yourself and fulfilling and living, uh, f- living a fulfilling life. He also has just sprinkled so many practical tips and questions and, and just like uh, powerful boosters, I would say, for your mind throughout the episode and a bunch of questions that uh, can really shake you up if you sit down and actually answer them. It can be really a big catalyst for growth and transformation. We talk about how to transform your relationship with fear and and the role of confronting our fears on the path to achieving greatness and aligning with our mission and purpose. Again, there's so many actionable and practical tips throughout um, yeah, there's also something I talked to him about is this, this fire in his belly that I struck by the first time I saw him, um, on Gaia's uh, interview. And so we talked about that and accessing that force and the fire within us all, um, and, and how it's an absolutely necessary step for us to then align with that, uh, higher purpose and mission and vision that I believe and he also believes that we all come here to fulfill. 
also a mindset shift that is required for us to uh, transform our view of our painful or challenging past. Um, most of us have something in our past that was, you know, challenging and uh, painful and how that can be a catalyst for our growth. I'm telling you guys, this one is a good one and you're going to want to listen to the very end because there is a surprise giveaway that he was inspired to offer to our listeners of the podcast. So I'm not going to give away what it is, but you're going to have to listen to the very end to find out. So as we dive into today's episode, I welcome you to open your mind, bring the awareness down into your heart and listen with the ears of your soul. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Divine Conversations. Today, my guest is the amazing, cute Blackson, and I'm so excited to bring this conversation out to you because I know that uh, from everything that I've seen cute uh, put out there into the world, you are definitely uh, going to leave here with a lot of passion and inspiration. So welcome to the show, Cute. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me on. I've really been looking forward to it very much. Thank you. So I, um, as I mentioned before we started the recording, I saw your interview on Gaia with Lisa Gar and Inspirations, and I was really inspired by your story and, um, you know, your father's journey and how, uh, you know, I will course allow you to go into the details but just the dynamic between the two of you and what he was able to do because of the power of belief and faith Mm -hmm. and then and then you know how you have to really uh, speak your truth and um, stand up for yourself in a sense if you could go into a little bit of your story because I think you know look I I was born in Ghana West Africa my father's from Ghana my mother's Japanese I I grew up in London, live in the U.S. now, but from a very young age, I always felt this deep calling, a deep calling to inspire people in some way. I mean, I remember being five, six years old, and I felt just a deep love for human beings, a deep love for people, a deep compassion for humanity, and I didn't really understand why or what or how that was supposed to express, but I remember feeling it. And I remember being around seven or age eight as a young boy, and I remember being in Ghana, West Africa, and... Uh, uh, I'll never forget, I was a chubby kid and I was lost in the crowd and I saw this crippled woman. Uh, She was uh, crawling on the floor. She couldn't walk and she picks up the sand that this man, literally thousands of people around, she picks up the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and and she basically stands up and the man didn't even know. He just was walking and the whole crowd erupted. So you could say that was a miracle. And week after week, I saw the same man who sang she picked up. Uh, I saw the same man uh, look at a woman in a wheelchair and say, stand up, why are you in this wheelchair? Or I saw the same man, you know, look at someone with crutches and say, throw your crutches away, you know, you believe. And so I grew up around miracles, blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, uh, diseases being cured and, and, and just so many miracles. And this was my life. This man was my father. He built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa. He built a huge church in London of about 5,000 people every Sunday, hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people in uh, Ghana and West Africa. And when I was age eight, I began speaking in my father's churches. When I was 14, I was ordained as a minister to be in my father's churches. I was basically designated the successor. You know, from a very young age, I always felt 
you know, I, I was always a kid who asked questions of who am I? Why am I here? What's the purpose of life? What's the meaning of life? Uh, I remember going to school. I got a scholarship to a very prestigious school. Uh, we didn't come up from a lot of wealth, so I got a full scholarship. And I remember being around a lot of successful, wealthy families, and everyone seemed miserable. And I remember asking myself the question, what, what is the purpose? You know, who am I and why am I here? What's the purpose of life? Why is it that some people who seem to have everything seem to be unhappy and miserable? Why, why is it that some people who seem to have nothing seem to be fulfilled and happy? It doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. And, and so I went on a quest and I remember around age eight, uh, I became really obsessed. I read my first self-help book at age eight and started reading. And from eight to 18, I read like 800 books and started meditating and having these sort of intense spiritual experiences. And when I was 14, when I was ordained, uh, I knew that that was not my path. I knew that you know, as much as I wanted to help people and, and, and serve people and inspire people, I knew that the structure of religion or the church, that wasn't my soul's destiny. That was a destiny that was being set out for me. That was a path that was being put on me. There were so many expectations from my father, so many expectations from uh, the community, the hundreds of thousands of followers, as I was the guy to succeed and take over and take things to, the, to that next level. But uh, I was, you know, honestly, I knew that wasn't my truth. And, and to be truthful, I was too afraid to speak my truth to my father. I was too afraid to tell him the truth. I was too afraid to, to tell him this is not my path because I was afraid that if I spoke the truth, I would be abandoned. If I spoke the truth, I'd be outcast. If I spoke the truth, I'd lose his love. If I spoke, if I spoke the truth, I'd be alone. And so for four years, um, I said nothing. It was kind of an internal turmoil and living hell because I think whenever we are not honest with ourselves, whenever we don't, we're not fully ourselves, whenever we're not being authentic, to me, this is one of the greatest pains we have as human beings. And there came a point when I was 18, to cut a long story short, when I looked into my future and I had to make some decisions about my life, go to university, not go to university. I chose not to go to university because I felt like life had more to teach me and I had to make some decisions. What am I going to do? And I looked into my future. There was a day when I looked into my future and I was in such turmoil and tears and emotion because what do I do? Do I leave? Do I stay? And I looked into my future and I saw that I, I saw my future. If I followed the expected path, if I followed the path that everyone expected of me from my life, if I follow what my father expected of me, I felt like I was going to be living a soul suicide. It would be a death for me. Mm. And uh, I felt such a pain in my heart. And then I looked at the other, you know, I looked at the path of following my truth, which I had no idea what that was going to look like. I, you know, I wanted to inspire. And I started reading his books, people like you know, Wayne Dyer and Les Brown and Jim Rohn and Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra, Marion Williams and Jack Canfield, you know, Dan Millman, all these folks, uh, the sort of psychology folks. And these were my heroes as a 12 year old teenager, a 13 year old, 14 year old growing up. And I thought, wow, they, they don't do it through a church. Maybe there's another way they're giving seminars and in hotels and, I thought, I want to do that. And, and so uh, I looked into this, I felt into the future and that possibility, even though I had no idea how, when, where, why, uh, I knew I had to follow my truth and, 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 and tell my father. And so for me, my life really began, you could say, when uh, I confronted my father and looked him in the eyes and terrified. I was terrified. I was so afraid. And, you know, sometimes we think that, we have to get rid of fear and have no fear in order to take the next step. I was totally terrified. And I believe sometimes 
you know, what you're being called to do, the next level of your life will, will require the next level of courage. And to me, uh, sometimes we reach a point where the life that we've lived is too small for what our soul is seeking to become. Mm-hmm. And I knew that the life I lived was not was not my authentic truth. And you cannot be truly fulfilled and happy living someone else's version for your life. And so I told my father the most courageous thing I'd done at the time because he was like a hero to me on some level, even though we weren't close. He didn't say anything. We didn't speak for two years. Wow. Yeah, and long story short, uh, ended up winning a green card in the lottery. That brought me to the U.S. And, you know, I came to the U.S., two suitcases, $1,000, knew no one, just following a dream. But something was pulling me, you know. And, and so just the thing I'll say is I think one of the things that stop us as human beings from being fulfilled, one of the things that stop us as human beings from being truly alive and vibrant and happy and, and, and just living out our, our true destiny, our, our really you know, all the ways we lie to ourselves, all the ways we don't tell ourselves the truth. Maybe you're listening in and you're in a relationship that you've been in, but you know you've outgrown it or you know you're no longer in love or you know it's no longer aligned for you, it's no longer true, or you know you need to leave, but you stay because what people will think or you've you've invested so much time and so much history, but inside of you, it's not right. Or maybe you're working a job, again, that, you don't love, you don't like, you hate the job. It's, not, it's, it's, it's draining you and you've known it for years, but maybe you stay because it pays the bills and it's survival and, you know, fair enough. But deep down, what I found is what stops us from truly being happy, fulfilled and living authentic lives are all the ways we don't tell ourselves the truth. You cannot live a fulfilled and happy life lying to yourself about what you really feel about what's really true. And so I think one of the first places that I learned that I believe we all have to be willing to start in terms of truly uh, turning our lives around one place we can start. If people are wondering, how do I start? How do I begin? Something I had to do, which was you have to be willing to tell the truth to yourself about where you're at and about where you're not at. You have to be willing to, to own the truth. And that begins a process of, of, of taking responsibility for yourself and how you feel and shifting your life. And so a couple of questions is ask yourself. I, I, for me, I'm constantly asking myself and I invite my clients and those at my events and seminars to ask themselves, what lies am I telling myself? What am I lying to myself? What am I lying to myself about? What am I pretending to not know? What am I afraid? What am I most afraid will happen if I tell the truth? What, is, what, what are the lies costing me what is it costing me many times you know the inauthenticity the lying the rationalization the ways we're settling it's costing us it's costing us we're not honest and so we feel the pain we feel the hurt we feel the suffering but we distract ourselves we sex it away we work it away we social media away we shop it away whatever it is to not feel the pain and so we suppress what's true. And I think that allows us to keep living the lie. And so one of the first places we must begin is tell the truth, but also be willing to feel the, feel the pain of the cost. Feel it, and it will be painful. It's meant to be painful because when you're not living in alignment with your deep integrity, it is painful. But if you're willing to feel it, that, that pain will facilitate a movement. A mo- There's only so much you can sit in the pain. And so it will facilitate a movement, hopefully, that will impulse you, move you, compel you to uh, a more aligned direction. So that's where I had to begin. And then I came to the U.S. and you know, began my journey from there. 
I love it. There was so much just in those, I don't know what is 10 minutes or so takeaways just from that story and what you had to know overcome Mm -hmm. and face um you know something that is a glaring thing that you talked about were two things about you know the power of beliefs in manifesting miracles and of course the um you know the courage that you had to i believe that you know some souls just come with that innate courage and others sort of still need to develop it maybe in this particular incarnation so it sounds Mm -hmm. like you know, you've had a reserve within that you had to tap into. How, before we get into the power of beliefs, I think courage is just such an important factor in what you're saying about being willing to, being willing to face the truth, right? It takes courage to actually do that. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about courage? How do we tap into that? If someone is listening and, you know, they're really in pain and they really want to face it or, um, you know, take that first step of looking at the lies that they're telling themselves. But how do you do that? You know, there's there's so many limited beliefs that stand in the way of that. So what? Let's talk a little bit about courage. You, you know, uh, yeah. For me, fear is beautiful, mm-hmm. and 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 I think if you're if you don't have, like, if you're thinking about the next level of your life, the next level of your life will, will require the next level of you. Mm-hmm. Will require become the next level of the next version of yourself you can't you know uh achieve the next level of success of joy of abundance of purpose being the old version of yourself Mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way so it will require that you let go and release the thought patterns the belief systems the situations the the circumstances the people the relationships the stuff whatever is no longer aligned with your life because more is seeking to express through you so you will be forced to become more and as a result it might be a little bit of a painful process to release and let go especially if you've been holding on so mm-hmm. it's okay and so i tell people if if you're not a little little bit afraid if you're not a little bit scared if you're not a little i'm not talking about living in you know, over-anxious, overwhelmed terror. I'm talking about if there's not a little bit of, oh my God, how am I going to do this? How am I, whoo, you know, I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling nervous. I'm like, oh shit, how? You know, if if you already know exactly how it's going to happen, exactly how it's going to go down, exactly every single step for the next level of the next five years and everything is clear to you, crystal clear, and you have no fear, likely Mm -hmm. you're playing it safe. Mm -hmm. And likely your goal or dream or vision is not big enough for you. Mm -hmm. It's meant to scare you a little bit because it's, it's meant to force you to evolve and grow. To me, dreams and visions are evolutionary in nature. They will take you on a journey of actually having to become, having to let go of who you were, having to release your identities, having to let go of everything that is not in alignment, that doesn't serve you. And you will have to evolve into, embody, and become the deeper aspect of yourself. And so it's it's okay that it's a little scary, you know? It's, it's a little scary to jump out of an airplane. It's a little scary to go into the unknown but i think we have to cultivate a relationship with the fear to embrace the fear to breathe into the fear to to breathe as we breathe into the fear the fear can transform into an excitement and we get to you know shift our focus and many times we're looking at oh my god what 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 if it goes wrong what if it doesn't work what if what if what if i end up homeless what if and i think well you know the question well, what if it works out what if what if letting go leads to more and so couple of specifics in terms of your question. Mm-hmm. 
don't have to get rid of the fear in order to take action. Right. Acknowledge the fear. You can embrace the fear. You can thank the fear. Usually the part of you that is afraid is really a part of you that is simply needing your attention. That part of you that is afraid is just in fear. It's in contraction and it's trying to protect you mm-hmm. from getting so rather than numbing it rather than doing just a superficial affirmation to like pump yourself up and motivate yourself through it acknowledge the fear and learn to thank and hold that part of yourself because it's just the part of yourself that needs some reassurance and some acknowledgement so we must learn to 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 make fear our friend and develop a relationship with that part if we don't that part of us that is afraid that is holding back will often hijack our potential. It will often hijack and stop us from moving forward and it will manifest as self-sabotage. It will manifest as procrastination. And so we have to learn to turn to that part of us that's afraid and say, hey, thank you. Thank you. I know you're afraid. It's okay. You know, it's okay. I see you. I've got you. We're safe here. You know, now is not then. This moment is right here. And so many times we get stuck in fear for a couple of reasons. Because we go into the future and we start thinking about everything that might happen in the future, that could happen in the future, that, that, that possibly may happen in the future. We think about it all at once, everything we need to do in the future to manifest our dream vision. And we don't know how. And we end up overwhelming ourselves. And it seems so huge. And then we're, we're paralyzed in fear. Mm-hmm. Okay, We go into the future. We create negative future fantasies about all the stuff that might happen in the future that has not yet happened and we freak ourselves out and we paralyze ourselves from taking action. Mm -hmm. So we have to start observing. Where is my, so ask yourself, if you're stuck in fear, where is my attention right now? Because many of the things that we're actually afraid will happen, afraid might happen, if we really are aware, they haven't happened yet. They're not happening right now. They're not in this moment right now. They, well, what if I get sick? What if, are you sick? Uh, question yourself. Am I sick right now? Well, no, but I could be. Well, are you right now? No, but it's possible. Uh, what's, let's deal in reality. So we have to learn to observe. Mm-hmm. Where is my attention? Many times you will observe that your attention is way out there, not in reality. Bring yourself back to the present moment. Connect to your body. Breathe. Bring yourself back. Look around. What is your current reality? Oh, I'm here. And so when you bring your attention back to the present moment, you breathe, fear starts to dissolve. You start realizing, okay, now in this moment, I'm fine. In this moment, everything seems okay. Then you can start shifting your focus into what's the, what's the action that I can take right now? What's the next action that is in my control right now? Many times when we're stuck in fear, the second thing is we will often start focusing on all the things that we are not in control of, right? This person or my child or my husband or this person or that person, or the government, the president, the, the economy, the, all these things that we don't have control of, if we start fixating on that, obsessing on that, focusing on those external things, it will often trigger fear because now we will start feeling helpless, powerless, a victim. We will start feeling like we have no control over anything. And so there is... There, there is, I think it's important for us to distinguish what we are in control of, what we're not in control of. And, and so when we bring our attention back to this moment, we can start also focusing on what is actually right now in this moment in my power. What is it right now in this moment I can do that's in my control to affect the situation? When you are stuck in fear, paralyzed in fear, 
and you're focusing all the things that aren't in your control. Staying stuck in worry is just a waste of the present moment. It's a waste of creativity because even if you're freaked out in fear, no matter how afraid you are, it, it doesn't change your current situation. And so when you bring yourself back to the moment, say, yes, I'm afraid. I acknowledge this fear. I be with the fear. Uh, I bring myself into the present moment. I, I hold myself through the fear. I hold that young part of me through the fear. And what is the next action step that is in my control right now? And you take that action step. And, you, and it's important that you don't, you don't focus on the 57 actions that you might have to take for the fulfillment of your desire, the, the 800 pages of your book that you're going to have to write. You just focus on what's next. Maybe what's next is just a phone call. Can I make one phone call? Yeah, I can make a phone call. But could I have 700 phone calls to make? No, can you make one phone call? Sure. For the most part, for the most part, the thought of making one phone call, oh, I can do that. Can you send, what's the next action? One email. Yeah, I can send one email, you know? And so you focus on what's in your, what's it, what's in your power and what's next in this moment. And then I think we begin to uh, learn how to work with ourselves and do the best that we can in this, uh, in this moment. And that's, so yeah. that's where yeah. I start in terms of some practical uh, places to start. And then develop the courage, yeah. Acknowledge the fear and take the step anyway. Acknowledge the fear. Mm-hmm. You know, many times people think, Get rid of the fear, then take action. You know, courage is developed and fear begins to dissolve when you feel the fear and you take action in spite of that. You just take one small, even if it's a small step, you take the action. Each time you take the action, that's how you develop courage. Courage is not something that is bestowed to you from the heavens. Oh, Mandela just woke up with courage. Gandhi just woke up with courage. Mother Teresa just, they have a gift of courage, like it's a courage gene. Mm-hmm. No, every step they took, every time they reached out, every time they decided to forgive, every time they, Mother Teresa reached out to a sick person or leper on the, on the streets of Calcutta, each moment, each time was developing the, 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 the muscle of courage. And so mm-hmm. courage is a developed you know, process. It's something that we develop in the process of living, in the process of taking action, step by step. Greatness is not a, uh, a, a thing that's bestowed. Greatness is a moment-to-moment choice. It's a commitment. And so courage is something we can develop as we take an, a, a small step. So focus on the small steps that you can take. And the other last thing I'll say is one thing that's helped me in terms of fear sometimes, especially if I've been in the past afraid of, oh my God, what's going to happen? And I'm afraid is to just confront it, face it mm-hmm. rather than run away from the fear, go towards the fear, look fear in the eyes directly and just ask yourself, this is what I've done. What's the worst that can happen here? The worst. Will I be homeless? on the street in downtown Los Angeles? Mm, no. Uh, do I have a incurable terminal disease where I'm going to die in the next month? No. What's the worst? I'm going to have to pay $500 for this situation. What's the, wor- what's the worst? And I think when we can go towards the fear and make peace with the worst, many times the worst never actually happens, but if you can make peace with, this is what the worst is. Even if it's, Yes, the doctor says I have four, four weeks to live. Okay, 
What can I, what can I actually do about this right now in the next four weeks? Because I would say stressing, living in fear, living anxiety won't change the reality. Become a lover of reality. What's the worst that can happen? Make peace with the worst. Then that doesn't mean you just sit there and be a victim and do nothing. When you make peace with the worst and you surrender to the worst case, then you focus on what action can I take now? What can I do given the current scenario? It's like if it's raining outside and it's snowing and raining and sleeting, this is what is. So if what is is what is, what can I do? Do I go outside and you know, take my bathing suit outside and insist that uh, nature changes on my behalf? Do I stay inside and, and spend time with my family and, 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 and play games with my family and connect and talk? Do I go skiing? Do I, what, how, do you, how you learn to, through accepting reality and what may be the worst, making peace with that, then I think it frees our energy up to stop resisting life and not stay stuck in fear because you've already accepted it. Acceptance leads to moving through fear quite quickly. Then you can focus on, well, what action can I take now? That is really, really great advice. And I love how practical it is. And I totally agree that that's been my process as well in terms of you know, facing the fear and confronting yes. it and just taking yes. it along for the ride. Because I think, yes. like you said, you know, we have this, I don't know where it came from in our collective consciousness that, you know, fear can just go away, but it's part of the human experience. And I think yes. fear is actually, like you said, you know, befriended. It's actually here to help us grow. If we didn't have fear, right, yes. right, right. I think it's like a signpost where you see fear is where the most growth is going to actually occur, where the expansion is waiting for you. Right. So yeah. I love it. I totally agree. So thank you for sharing. Um, in all the practical ways. So I, again, bringing it back to your passion, there's just this fire in your belly that I just love so much. Let's talk about your mission and your vision. What is driving you? What is that force within you that is just contagious, truly? You know, I mean, I appreciate you posing the question that way. I would have to say that the force that I feel driving me, honestly, is... Uh, the force that is driving everyone, Leila. It's, it's the force that drives all of existence. It's the force that is in Mandela, is in Jesus, is in Buddha, is in Elon Musk, is in Oprah, is in me, is in you, whether we acknowledge it or not. And I think what we have to do is acknowledge the force, acknowledge that inside of us. But many times mm -hmm. we don't acknowledge it because of life, because of conditioning, because of trauma, because mm -hmm. of pain, because of rejection, because of things that, are, that have happened. And so for me, it's, 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 you know, it's inside of us all. And mm -hmm. so part of my mission is to help each person acknowledge that greatness inside. And that greatness mm -hmm. is not just like an ego greatness. Look at me, I'm great. The greatness to me is, is life itself, is the infinite, is, is some people call it God, some people call it consciousness, some people call it life. I don't really care what the hell you call it, but there is an intelligence that is functioning all of existence. I mm -hmm. feel and sense life force. It's the same intelligence that is functioning the sun, the star, the, the moon, breathing seven billion people, functioning all of existence for billions of years. To me, this is the source of you know, what I feel moves through me. And so part of my mission is to help people reconnect to that true essence mm -hmm. of life. That is what we are beyond our personality, beyond our ego, to help people to, to, to remember that, connect to that, live that fully, freely. And ultimately, uh, part of my mission is to help people 
how should I say, uh, manifest that in the world, in reality, you know, in, practi in practicality, in their lives, so that they can truly live their soul's highest destiny in this lifetime. And so, you know, one thing that often stops us later is, you know, we're born these free beings as children. I mean, if you look at a child, a child will jump on a table and sing and scream and shout. A child will jump on the table. It doesn't care. It will run naked and like, it doesn't care. My dad, what do you think of me? It, no, it has no self-consciousness. You know, a child is in touch with that passion. I think if you, there's a reason we look into a child's eyes and, we're reminded of who we are. You know, we're, we're taken back to our own innocence, often which as adults we have forgotten about, we have lost touch with. We, it's been beaten out of us through the trials and tribulations of life. A child will sing. It doesn't care if it's not like Celine Dion. A child will love and hug people. It doesn't, it doesn't show who you are or who you're not. It's just open. But what happens is we're born into this world. We're born these free, whole, perfect beings in touch with our, with our essence. And we're born into this world. And... You know, we're born, we meet our parents and our parents are, you know, they're often doing the best that they can do based on their life and their conditioning. And maybe as children, we're born into environments where there's pain. We all have our different stories, okay? So maybe there's pain, there's trauma, there's hurt, there's abuse, mental, emotional, physical, sexual abuse, there's divorce, there's alcoholism. There's all sorts of scenarios and situations that we're born into. Maybe our parents weren't around. Um, so we felt emotionally, emotionally neglected. And so as children, two things happen that begin to disconnect us from our own essence, our own passion, our own sense of aliveness. First thing as children, children is we unconsciously start learning all sorts of survival strategies and mechanisms to, shall I say, not feel the pain of our environment, not feel the pain of our parents and our life and our, and our conditioned experience that is often quite painful in some way, shape or form. So we start shutting down parts of ourselves and we start not feeling those emotions, uh, uh, some of which are painful and, and whatever you don't feel, whatever you suppress, they stuck inside of you. So those feelings kind of build up and we start developing and erecting all sorts of walls inside of us just to function and survive. It is a function of survival at this point, which is happening unconsciously. And before you know it, our light, our passion, our belief of possibility, you know, our essence is, is always there, but it's kind of just buried underneath layers and layers and layers and mountains of just stuff. Then we start learning a strategy of we go out, go out into the world and we learn a way of being. Who do I need to be in order to, to, to be loved? For me, it was, who do I need to be in order to be loved by my father? And, mm -hmm. oh, if I'm, a, if I'm a good boy, right? I'm a, I'm a preacher's kid. I'm a good boy. I'm the perfect one. I'm the responsible one. I'm the nice kid. I'm the, you know. And so I, I we learn as children, unconsciously, who do I need to be in order to get love, validation, approval, to fit in, to be normal. It's a survival strategy, again, to get love because the sense of who I am by myself is not enough. And so we start contorting ourselves into a shape to become who we think we need to be. Maybe someone listening in, maybe you've become the nice girl. Maybe you've become the funny person. Maybe you've become the aloof one. Maybe you've become the, the over-responsible one, the overachiever. Because if I get all A's, then I'm, my dad's going to love me. My mother's going to love me. So we learn to develop all sorts of roles, personas, and masks and we become this character. I call it a limiting character that we, we've learned to become. We get conditioned into this shutdown and we shut parts of ourselves down. We become this character. We hold tightly onto this way of being as a function of survival and it becomes who we think we are. 
but who we've become, that we think we've become, which is a function of our conditioning, is not who we really are. It's just who we've learned to be in order to function and survive. So the first question we have to ask ourselves is, is who you are who you really are? Or is it simply who you've been conditioned to be? And what if who you were was not who you really were? It's just conditioning. And we often think we're free, but the degree to which you are conditioned is the degree to which you're not free. So you have to first begin to become aware. Become aware of the fact that you're conditioned and then become aware of your conditioning and then cultivate the space and the courage to feel the emotions and you know, some of which the sadness, the pain, the hurt, what have you, that we've learned to suppress and have a container for that and, and let go of many of the, start learning to let go of some of the layers uh, of conditioning that we've learned to feel. So ultimately, uh, at the deepest level, I believe we're whole, all whole, perfect and complete. And so for me, my mission is to help people reconnect with that. And, and I really believe that for me, every one of us, Bela, we have a dream and a vision. And many times as children, we've disconnected from that dream and vision because of, you know, our conditioning and what I've just shared. Uh, your parent, your dad or mom might have said, you're stupid, or who do you think you are? Or, you'll never achieve it, or you're ugly, or you're not this, or you're not that. You'll, you'll never amount to anything. And so we buy into these stories. And so uh, for me, I really believe that if you have a dream and a vision, that dream, it chose you. I feel like, you know, I'm on fire because I feel like, I, like there's a dream and a vision but it chose me. And, and so because I feel like that, it's not really just mine. It, it, it belongs to life. Mm. And if it belongs to life, then life is actually seeking to make itself manifest through you. So your job, my job, this is also, this also shifted my relationship to being afraid mm. because I figured if it's not my dream, it's life's dream that is seeking to manifest itself through me. And if it doesn't belong to me, then what's the stress? I just have to say yes and uh, make myself available, right? To allow life to express through. It belongs to life. So, you know, I just started learning more and more in my life to, to just say yes. I'm like, life, this is, what you're, this is what I sense. This is what I feel. I'm available, allow it to happen. And I think when we move into that zone and we start getting ourselves out of the way, then it allows space for life to flow. And then even if you don't know, then, then life starts moving through you in ways you cannot even imagine. And so uh, this is part of why I'm passionate and this is uh, also I think why people sometimes get stuck, but also the possibility of I think where we are going, we have to really uncondition ourselves, you know, from the patterns of conditioning so that we can uh, get back into the flow. And when we're in the flow, I, I really have found in my life, miracles unfold, magic happens, incredible things happen. I, I could not agree more. I think, like you said, you know, the, I completely believe as well that each soul is here with a specific mission and purpose, no matter how, you know, we can judge it of being big or small, like every single one of us is a puzzle piece in this human evolution that we're undergoing currently. And each one of us just really, it's like a requirement of our soul while we come here is to reconnect with that mission. And I believe that's when we become alive, like truly going from, you know, just going on autopilot and doing what you believe you're told to do to versus truly authentically living. And that's when, you know, I believe that's what passion is. It's just that connection to 
the force of life that is expressing itself through you. So thank yeah. you. That's beautiful. You know, just one, um, one, one mm-hmm. other thing I just want to add just real quick is I, yeah, I really yeah. believe that, you know, for those listening in, if you have a, a dream, because sometimes you question like me, can I do this? Really? Mm-hmm. Why me? You know, Layla's doing it or Ku's doing it or, you know, Oprah's done it already. Or why, why little on me? You know, what, what do I have to add? What do I have to give? What do I, what, how can I make a difference? And, and, you know, I always tell people, your dream chose you for a reason. It chose you because you're the perfect person. You're the perfect person. Doesn't matter big or small, you're perfect. Everything that's happened to you in your life. If you, if, if folks, if you listen, and if you look back at your life, everything in your childhood, everything that's happened, even the painful things, your pain, your trauma, your hurt, the heartbreak, the divorce, everything that's happened in your life has been the universe preparing you, sculpting you, sculpting you, preparing you, getting you ready, developing your soul and your personality so that you could be the perfect person who's able to you know, express in a way and see in a way and feel in a way and understand in a way. And, 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 and so this way, there will never be a uniquely, you know, perfect human being such as yourself that can deliver the message, whatever the message is, uh, in the way it can be delivered through you. So we have to trust that if I've been given a vision, it's for a reason. And so I think one thing is to look at our past and bless everything that's happened preparation if you look at something like and then you realize it had to happen at that moment you know if you look at someone like oprah who was sexually abused in 13 and in her teens and abandoned and, you know all these things happened and i mean most of us we know oprah's story i mean it's it's no joke but what if none of that happened like what if what if she was raised by two perfect parents and nothing wrong with this either? What if she was raised by two perfect parents in a lovely suburb, you know, in Los Angeles somewhere and, and went to Ivy League, you know, went to the, the most private, expensive private school in, in, in Los Angeles and everything was perfect. And would she be Oprah? You know, all of those experiences on a human level got her in touch with such pain of humanity that it gave her the compassion to connect and understand human beings and feel people's pain at such a level that it prepared her to do her talk show and listen to people's pain, connect with people's pain, and as a result, become who she was. So many times our purpose arises from our pain. And so I think we activate our, the gifts of our purpose and the gifts of our soul when we're able to see that and when, when we're able to bless those experiences that were, I believe, initiations that catapult us into living our destiny. So take a moment to bless everything, even though it was painful, bless it. It was a part of your path. Absolutely. That is just, you're literally taking the words out of my journals that I've been sort of going through recently and feeling and being guided that like, you know, I've due to my mind and the trauma and all the stories and everything, you know, I've gone through so much mental, physical, not physical, mental and emotional pain that I believe wow. that I've recently kind of been guided, uh, you know, this inner wisdom, higher voice that it's 
preparing me for whatever it is that I chose here to do. So, and I love the word initiation because that's truly what I believe. Yes. That, you know, every single experience is truly just an initiation by the divine to get yes. us in, in alignment with our innate truth. power yes. and truth and ability. So I love, I love every single word you're saying. I, again, from my personal experience, it is absolutely mm. the truth. So mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So you've written a book that, um, you know, exactly what you're talking about is that you are the one. So mm -hmm. what was it that, you know, drove you to write that? What inspired you? And what do you, you know, what is your intention for people? What do you believe and hope to awaken in people by you know, I mean, in, in a nutshell, what I, what I want to awaken is everything I've mm -hmm. been sharing. I mean, it's, it's really in alignment with what I've said. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, honestly, I always wanted to write since I was a kid. You know, I, eight years old, I read my first self-help book, Creative Visualization by Shakti Gawain. And I, I would run home from school, nine, ten, so I could do my homework and, and, and read self-help books till 11 p.m. You know, so That's for amazing. me, it was... It was a passion. I mean, I just devoured it. And I remember when I was 13, 14, I saved up 400 pounds. It, you know, it, I don't know what the equivalent in dollars at the time, but mm -hmm. and I ordered all these Jim Rohn books. And so for me, it's been my life's passion. And, and so I always knew I would write a book and it was just a matter of timing. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought I would write a book way earlier. And it's funny. This is an interesting story that I wasn't going to share, but, uh, uh, I think it's somewhat connected to your question. Mm -hmm. uh, 2010, I met with a somewhat big self-help publisher and uh, the CEO said, oh, cool, I love what you're doing, but we want you to write this kind of book, mm -hmm. a certain kind of book. And I looked at him and it, again, it did not feel right in my soul. Mm -hmm. And I turned down this opportunity. People said, you're crazy. This is a great platform. Write the book. Use it as a calling card. Get it out. But we have to listen to our soul. Your mm -hmm. soul has it intelligence and it's guiding you if you listen and so I felt nudging that said no and you know sometimes we always think I have to know where I'm going in order to get to where I need to be but your soul has a knowing and I think the freedom and the gift of life is when you're able to to give up the need to know the need to understand and just show up mm. and start learning to be obedient when you feel turn left turn left turn left when you feel deep down, not from the mind, turn right. The mind will say, well, why? Why not? Why? What's going to happen? But it doesn't matter. Turn, turn right when you're guided. Turn left. And you will find many times you will be guided to the exact person, the exact situation, the exact moment you need to be. And so I felt this, this no. I turned down this offer. And I just built my life, built my career to the next level. And you know, I won't bore you with the details, but the next thing, you know, 2015, I just felt it was time. I felt it was time. And you know, when it's time, it's time. And there's, for those wondering, there's actually a couple of reasons things don't manifest in people's lives. Number one, sometimes what you think you want, if it doesn't manifest, you say, could I've tried everything, it doesn't manifest. What you think you want is actually not what, you, what your soul really wants. It's not what you really want. It's just what you think you want based maybe on your conditioning. It's not the most authentic expression of what you are here to give. And so it, you, you, you will often face roadblocks in the universe, and that's the universe course correcting you. And so if you keep facing roadblocks after many years of rejection and trying and trying, and it still doesn't manifest, 
take a step back. Don't force life. What we try and often do is we force life and we push life, try to make life happen in the way we think it should happen. And our ego mind, which is trying to force life, often doesn't have the total picture in mind of the totality of existence of what's seeking to happen as our highest good. And so if you're facing roadblocks and manifestation isn't happening for your dream, repeatedly, that's the universe speaking to you. Take a step back. Listen. Listen more deeply. Maybe there is a more authentic, real, true vision that is seeking to manifest. That's number one. Number two, it just may not be timing yet. You know, it may not be your season yet. Maybe the collective consciousness isn't ready for your art or your book or the business yet. And so take a step back. Be still. Trust the divine timing. There is a rhythm and a season and a time for everything. And if, again, you force because you think it needs to be a certain way, you force things to happen that aren't quite ripe yet. Forcing something to happen that isn't, doesn't make it so. And forcing something to happen that is, but it's not quite the time yet, you'll arrive, but everything needed won't quite be there. And so trust that life has a season when it's summer. The summer knows when to come and the spring and the autumn knows when to come and the winter knows when to come and the spring knows when to come and the mangoes know when they need to fall. Everything has a rhythm and a timing and a divine timing under the sun. The universe has been unfolding for billions of years. So we have to learn to trust the divine timing. The third reason is, you know, sometimes uh, it's an evolutionary reason. Sometimes there's still lessons that we have to learn. And we haven't quite learned the lessons yet where we're at, with whom we're at, you know, or we haven't quite graduated in our level of consciousness from our current situation. And so uh, what we need to do in that moment is really uh, don't try and hack our way or skip or, or, or take shortcuts to try and manifest something because it often won't work. We have to really be willing to say, okay, if it's not happening, why? What's the lesson? What, what do I still need to learn? I believe that when we learn the lessons yeah. for what our soul is seeking to learn, where we're at, with who we're at, then we begin to evolve and then we actually unlock the, then we have the key to unlock the door to the next level of our life and things from that moment, begin to manifest. For me, manifestation is not about making things happen. It's about removing what is not aligned so that we can bring ourselves into alignment. Manifestation is really about alignment. And when we're in alignment, things unfold. Things happen as a spontaneous, natural expression of our own state and level of consciousness. It starts being a vibrational match. And so... Uh, Everything started unfolding for me. 2015, met a big Asia. Next thing, publishers, bidding war. My book, You Are the One. Boom, 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 boom. Everything's unfolded. I sold the book to Simon & Schuster for a mega six-figure, multi-six-figure amount, which everyone was surprised by. It's like the universe. You know, when we're in alignment, the universe can flow. When we're in alignment, the universe can unfold through us rather than us forcing it. It happens through us rather than force. We're in flow rather than force. And that's when you know when you're actually on the right track because you have the support of nature because you are riding the wave rather than trying to force the wave in a direction or make the wave happen. And then uh, magic happened. You know, the only thing I'll say again is the book I sold was not the book. I, the book I sold 
to Simon & Schuster was not the book that came out that you read called You Are The One. I thought I was going to write a different book and I had to surrender. And I believe surrender to me is a key to success. Totally. Uh, I, I had to surrender what I thought my book should be. And maybe folks listening here, maybe you have to surrender what you think your life is going to look like, what you think the relationship's going to be, how you think life needs to be. When you're able to surrender, then you create the space to allow life to unfold and show up. And many times when you let go, it leads to more. When you let go, you blow when you let go, then you take the limits off of life. And when you take the limits off of life, that's when magic can happen that you cannot even imagine. It's beyond, yes, you can sit and go, this is what I think it should be. Let me do my affirmations. Let me write in my journal. It's going to be this. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. But maybe life has bigger plans. And so when we surrender, we activate that magic in our life that cannot be activated by the limitations of our mind. And so the book I ended up writing was not the book I thought I was going to write, but it was divinely the book that was meant to come through. And I'm so glad because it was magical and people loved the book and it became a national bestseller. And, and so you are the one Layla, simply is, you know, what is it about? As you know, you are the one, no one's coming, no one's coming. Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, you know, Buddha, Oprah, no one's coming to save you because you have been given everything. You are the one. You've been given everything you need. And I believe we're living in a time right now where we can no longer look to leaders outside to do it for us. We can no longer look to the president or the prime ministers or some CEO to do us. We're living in intense times right now where I believe that the whole world is going through an initiation. We're living in intense times right now where I believe the challenges of the world, the universe's way, of inviting our souls to step up, to stand up, and to share our gifts. The world needs us right now more than ever. And I believe that the greatest gift we can give the world is giving our gifts and being ourselves. And then I think everything and everyone is inspired from that place. And so uh, that's, what my, that's what my book is about. Don't wait for anybody. Don't wait for anyone to show up. It's you. It's me. We are all the great ones. Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee, Gandhi, Mandela, Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa, all these people, they were showing us our own capacity for courage, our own capacity for greatness, like a great dancer or like Michael Jordan. They're showing us what we are all capable of if we are truly dedicated and committed. So we must step up, and this is what we are here to do now. I love it. I could not agree more. And I'm really just to want to take a couple of minutes to again, acknowledge you for doing your own work. And I know that it's, you know, it can be easy doing what you do because you constantly have to face your own fears. I'm assuming, you know, as you grow and expand into the next version of yourself. And, you know, it's, I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing what you share and being out there because it's people like you that give permission to the next generation to say, you know what, if, that person can do it or this person can do it yes. you know, to tap into that inner potential that I believe we all have. And it's all have just it. something that is a matter of, you know, declaring to the universe that you are ready and you are willing to do whatever it takes. And like you said, it does take, you know, uh, commitment and discipline. Um, and really what are we disciplining? It's just our minds, right? It's just constantly confronting that limiting mind that we have as humans. So thank you so much for the work you're doing and who you are. And, um, you know, it's a pleasure to, watch you be out there in the world and i look forward to you know whatever it is that you do in the world i know it is changing the world just by the fact that you're here so thank you so much and 
um, you know, as a, you know, in closing, how can people find you if they want to get in contact with you or, of course, you know, find your books or your content? I appreciate being on your show. Thank you for having me. You know, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun just sharing with you and you hold a beautiful space. So thank you for that. And yeah, if, if anyone, of, anyone listening in, if you feel inspired by, by my work or anything I've shared or something has touched you anyway, a couple of ways, I'm always on social media and Facebook and Instagram, all of that good stuff. Uh, my website is Kute, K-U-T-E, Blackson.com. You can go there, find out about my events. Uh, one of the things I'm most passionate about is um, uh, an event I do twice a year in Bali. It's for those of you that are leaders and visionaries and those of you that feel a calling to make a big difference and to, to, to impact the world in some way and to really fulfill your true soul's destiny. And if you feel ready to break through the limitations of the past and connect to who you really are and ready to catapult yourself into your future. Uh, you can go to www.boundless, as in boundless, blissbali.com, boundlessblissbali.com. It's a 12-day uh, intensive experiential immersion seminar training that I do in Bali that is designed to help free people. My book is available on, on Amazon and bookstores. You are the one. Uh, and uh, yeah, send me an email, folks. If you just let me know how you enjoyed this this uh, this episode, and uh, you know, I'm going to do something I don't usually do. I do I do a specific event for women. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's uh, it's really about helping women understand men, but really more about transforming those hidden blocks inside of themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called a man breakthrough. It's mm -hmm. really not about men. Uh, we just use men as a conversation because often mm -hmm. it brings up you know everything unlike itself. And typically, I don't do this, but I'm kind of inspired in this moment. If anyone listening from this conversation. Uh, wants to attend my event. Uh, it's in Los Angeles, April the 24th, I think, that weekend, 24th, 25th, 26th. I am going to gift five tickets to anyone who listened to Layla's podcast, Divine Conversations. Just email email my office, contact at coopblackson.com and just say, I want my ticket and I'll gift, gift five, five tickets to people. That is beautiful. Thank you so much. That is exactly why I just, you know, feel... A connection with you because you are so authentic and genuine and you truly are just here to give value and make the world a better place so thank you thank you, thank you for being you and uh, thank you for taking the time and uh, yeah i look forward to connecting in the future again thank, thank you. you so much really appreciate it thank you so much for listening to the very end of this episode what did you guys think of this episode i genuinely want to connect with you and want to know what you're taking away from these episodes and especially this one because like I said at the beginning there were so many incredible takeaways and if you actually implement and you know take action on the practical tips and the questions and everything that he talked about in this episode and that we discussed if you take actions on these things alone your life can begin to transform in the most miraculous ways so I really want you to Take a screenshot of yourself listening, take a screenshot of the takeaways uh, and share with me on Instagram, if you're on Instagram, because I would love, 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 love to connect with you there. And, um, you know, this is how we can start to really grow this community because we are all in this together, truly. 
And if this episode resonated with you in any way, shape or form, I would be so grateful if you would share it with your loved ones, share it with your friends, share it with the person that you know uh, that's struggling or is looking for answers, you know, your loved ones, your family, your friends, your coworkers, people that you care about. Um, and and share this with them because like I said, you know, we can sometimes hear the information over and over, but when it is delivered with so much passion and so much fire and so much intensity, sometimes that's all we need is that that one t- extra time to listen to it and something can really shift in our mind and, you know, propel us to take actions and therefore change our lives and therefore change the world. And that's what we're all about here. So most importantly, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review wherever you're listening because reviews are really, really helpful um, because they help others discover our podcast. So wherever you're listening, whichever platform, if you want to support me and this podcast because we're so, so new, I would be so grateful if you took just a couple minutes and and uh, wrote a review and also subscribe so you don't miss the future episodes. And yeah, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening and sharing this episode and leaving your reviews. It means the absolute world to me. And I love you guys so very much and excited to continue to share amazing content with you with the intention of uh, bringing more light and transforming lives and transforming the world. So thank you for being here. And until next time, stay conscious.